to Asia, we are back with a slightly evolved format. Um, I am now going to be joined by Scarlet, if you remember from the spooky episode, because we just thought we had so much fun together that we wanted to keep doing it. <laughs> so Scarlet is now going to be my co-host, and we are talking with Melanie Mossberg, an alumnus of One Voice Chorus, and psychologist Dr. Holly Savoy, who specializes in treatment and care for members of the LGBTQ community. The music that we've chosen for today is called Please Stay by Jake Runestad, and it was performed by One Voice Chorus prior to my time with the group, but um, during a winter concert in 2017. Because we are discussing mental health, um, even though we're not really talking a lot of specifics or anything too triggering, um, we are including some resources in the show notes for those who could use them. One other thing that I want to mention is that we had to record this over Zoom, and I did not have access to my fancy microphone that you hear me talking into right now, so <laughs> the, the audio quality is less great but I hope that the content will be worth it. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Hello, thank you for being here, um, Dr. Savoy and Melanie. Um, me and Scarlett are embarking on this new sort of co-hosting journey um, because prior to this, it was just me. <laughs> Can I call you Holly? Is that okay? Yes, totally okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't need formalities. <laughs> Dr. Holly. <laughs> I'm Corey Davis, the artistic director, and we created this podcast during the pandemic. I am Scarlett. If you listened to last season, the spooky episode, that was me. <laughs> um, and I'm back to help with uh, co-hosting. So you get to listen to me all the time. <laughs> I know everyone out there is so excited. <laughs> Hi, I'm Melanie, and I am a One Voice Chorus alumni, um, but I feel like once you're a member, you're always a member, and um, I work full-time on the road now, so I'm currently in Florida, looking at the beach. It's 80 degrees and gorgeous, and uh, yeah, <laughs> happy to be here. Hi, I'm Dr. Holly Savoy, and I'm a psychologist in private practice in Charlotte, and I specialize in working with LGBTQ clients and in particular transgender and gender diverse adolescents and adults. Melanie, I know you talked to Scarlett about this and this was your idea. So I'd like you to just tell us what we're going to talk about. Um, I wanted to kind of just talk about coming, uh, having a mental illness and coming to chorus and struggling I think internally with finding my place and all the wonderful people that I met along my journey with One Voice and really realizing I'm a person and not a number and really had a purpose to be there. And the chorus helped show me that in so many different ways. So I know, Melanie, when we chatted briefly yesterday, I know you said that you struggled a lot with like anxiety and depression. And I guess, did you want to talk about more in depth 
personally what you dealt with and I guess what chorus did for you? Sure. So coming into one voice chorus, I think it was slightly overwhelming coming into a room of strangers. I am an extroverted introvert. So although I am very outgoing, when I get into a situation like that, it takes me a little bit to to find my place and find my people, so to speak, that I'm comfortable around. So coming into the chorus, the first person I was introduced to was Kathy Murphy, who was the section leader. And she became my go-to for all information, one voice chorus, but also that first hello and smile when I walked in the door. I think the season I was in, it was a June show. So it was a Hollywood square. So there was probably about 40 people, which is a little overwhelming. And I would come in every day and I would sit down near Kathy and just, just feel uncomfortably comfortable, if that makes sense. Um, just finding like, hey, I'm happy to be here, but yet I feel really weird being here and not sure where or how I fit. Obviously, you know, your experience in dealing with LGBT people, what's the importance, I guess, of a space like this? And how is that beneficial, I guess, from your standpoint? Finding a safe space like the chorus for Melanie is really important to find our people. And, you know, I spend a lot of time talking with folks about the value of social support and working with so many folks in isolation, what Melanie describes of her experience is exactly what I hope for when talking about finding ways to connect with others. We know that social support is key to our mental health. And so existing in isolation and not getting to be one's authentic self just really adds to the mental health strain that people experience. See, now it's weird because, like, I'm wary of asking a question because, like, technically Scarlett's hosting, so I want to have her voice asking the question. Questions? Where, you're right, you're right. Your <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. The whole reason I asked her was because of our banter. Um, so, so, Melanie, I guess I'm wondering, um, in addition to just coming in like that, was there anything specific afterwards as part of your participation that you felt helped on your mental health journey? Learning the people around me in, for those who might not know in the chorus setting, or at least here, you're in your section. So your bass, your alto, your um, tenor and soprano. And I am very short. So I happen to just sit in the front row. And we were in a church setting, so there were pews, but there were probably five or six rows all the way back. But I would go into a room of people, but see my section and not really see everyone else. It's almost like, in a matter of speaking, just being blurred. So it was just finding my section, finding Kathy, sitting down and getting adjusted. And I slowly started to make some soprano friends. So there's another person that, uh, Tara, who we sat next to, and I really leaned on emotionally, physically, mentally, musically, and she was great in just helping me feel comfortable. Once we started tech rehearsal, 
and this will sit in my mind forever. We were backstage shuffling in between numbers and there were two gentlemen, Robbie and Ken, that said, hi, Melanie, and made a comment about, I have a lot of tattoos and made a very kind comment about my tattoos. And I was just shocked that someone knew my name and they actually cared. And that meant so much and it sat with me as I get emotional just talking about it because it really made me feel like I was a person and not a number and didn't just blend into the chorus. And over the next few years, I can say I've made some of the best friends of my life. And it was getting over that hump in the beginning, I felt like I entered the room and I'm surrounded by people, but I feel all alone. And that couldn't be further from the truth after the three and a half years I spent with the chorus and made friends for life and feel like that I can come back at any time and truly feel seen, heard, and loved. Oh, that's so great. Um, well, it's not a question that it's not directly chorus related. Um, more but for Holly, just kind of a get to know her question. What made you or drew you to working more exclusively with the LGBT community, specifically the trans community? I wish I had the real short answer. Um, even though I've answered this probably a, a thousand times. Um, so it goes back to back to my childhood and growing up with my aunt who was not able to come out herself as a lesbian until after my grandparents had passed. Um, so all these holidays that we spent uh, having Thanksgiving dinner and her roommate, um, air quotes, um, would come to the holidays with us. In graduate school, I got into research focused on identity development and really just loving to kind of explore how we get to know ourselves and again, our authentic selves. There was uh, research at the time that really suggested that attitudes really couldn't go beyond tolerance um, and we couldn't really get to a place of acceptance and that just didn't feel right. I just realized that, you know, we really weren't talking about the T all the time when we were talking about LGBT issues and started getting involved in going to trainings and learning a little bit more. And then ultimately in Charlotte, we had another psychologist here who was like the go-to person for the trans community. And when she was moving away, uh, we got together with her and several other physicians and other therapists. And that is what started the Charlotte Transgender Healthcare Group. And that organization has grown and evolved and I have served as past president. We're now a nonprofit and just really being committed to a population that really there are not enough therapists out there who are specially trained and taking the time to understand LGBT issues and really focus on sexual diversity, let alone gender diversity. Can you can you just tell us a little bit more about the Charlotte Transgender Healthcare Group? Sure. The Charlotte Transgender Healthcare Group is a multidisciplinary organization of providers from around the Charlotte area and beyond. So we have physicians, therapists, uh, surgeons, we have a dentist, uh, dietitian, we have 
all sorts of different providers who come together monthly. And our mission is really centered around accessible and affirming care and also providing more education to both the community as well as to further educate providers in the area so that we can expand resources and therefore have even more accessible affirming care for, for transgender folks. And then of course, all of our providers are additionally LGB affirming as well within the organization. Wow, I'm so glad I just learned about that. <laughs> it's hard enough to find a good doctor when you're a- Period. <laughs> yeah, yeah, period. I can't imagine, <laughs> so I think that's great. <laughs> Yes. No, we're really proud of the organization and we're a nonprofit so that now we've been able to start getting grants to provide affordable, accessible, affirming care um, by getting some funding. And we're continuing to work on growing that because, you know, what else would you want to do during a pandemic, but form a nonprofit? <laughs> if anybody listening wants to support the organization, is there any way for them to go and do that? Sure, they can go to www.charlottetranshealth.org and we have a donate button on our website and we are also part of the SMILE program with Amazon where you can have you know, a small percentage of your purchases go to our organization. So we appreciate any contributions to help fund our access to care program. Learning valuable things, okay. I have a question if you don't have anything right now, Scarlett. Yeah, go for it. Um, this is for Holly. Um, so I know you've talked a lot about sort of like some of the things that are very important for mental health um, that just kind of are part of being in chorus, like like the feelings of belonging and, and some of those things. Um, so I guess... I don't know what my question is. I'm just blathering. <laughs> no, but I, I, I'm wondering if, is there a proven mental health benefit associated with Chorus specifically, or would it work with any sort of organization that's sort of team-based and, and working toward a greater goal? I would say it's probably a little bit of both. So on a general level, there is some research about resilience. And that that sense of community and belonging um, is very much a factor in our resilience in overcoming adversity, um, including mental illness. And then chorus specifically, just coming together to do something creative and work as a team in a way that is not competitive. You know, that is really, you need everyone to work together towards that common goal and performing something beautiful and being able to share that with others, I think has to be beneficial to one's mental health in a whole different sort of way than some other activities might be for some folks. That would be a good segue for me to add kind of one of those pieces of when you're not, when you don't show up for chorus. Uh, everyone is really sad and everyone around you is concerned and it also it throws people off like Scarlett for instance Scarlett's not there everybody notices because she has such a powerful beautiful voice when you're even part of a smaller ensemble or section 
the people around you in in the coral world they're listening to you they're that you're you're working together as a team and that's really important so i think it is helpful i know it was for me after a while of sometimes really having to bring up the energy to go to chorus that it's kind of like going to the gym hate to go but once you go and you do your workout we feel so much better yeah, I, I was going to say what kind of what you just said is like something that I, I um, was learning about choruses in prisons, because that's kind of a movement that's happening, been happening for a while, but getting bigger. Um, and one of the things, and also choruses made up of people experiencing homelessness. And one of the things that they specifically talked about was um, this idea that when you don't come, you know, you are expected. <laughs> so, so there's something to that, that, that is, is valuable because there might not be another place where you are expected to be there and expected to show up and, and be a, a valuable link in the chain. So I, I really, that really resonated with me. And that's, that's exactly what I think you were kind of just saying, Holly is like, it, it's good to feel like you're in that little mesh, I guess. Yeah, because trying something virtually over the pandemic just didn't... Did not cut it. It's not the same. <laughs> it is not. It just doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah, because you're really just singing by yourself and there's no one there. <laughs> yeah. And you can't get to know people. Yeah. It's, it's so much harder. Yeah, this has been really hard on folks. Yeah, just to hear you talk about just that disconnect of trying to even do chorus together when you are really singing alone in a room. That just really resonates. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think we, you know, our, the numbers of our members have reflected that feeling because it's like, you know, we had almost 70 members going into last spring when I, my second concert that never happened. And now we, are kind of down to 20. <laughs> but now that we're, we're starting in person things, it's, it's a chance to rebuild. I've seen a lot of folks during the pandemic, who have been very content with sort of with how the world has shrunk, hmm. in terms of having to engage with others. But really, it's shrunk in all of our comfort zones, in such a way that we've all got to stretch again to get comfortable re-engaging and overcome any of that anxiety of venturing back into the world and reminding ourselves how meaningful it is to show up, right? How meaningful that connection is to show up at Chorus and feel needed. The risk is worth the reward. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, and just knowing as hard as it is at times to just get off the couch and be motivated and there plenty of times for me personally, I know I experienced that. Reminding people, it, please stay. Just your presence makes a difference. I'm wondering, Holly, if you have any insight as to, you know, now that we know that this is something that that's part of the sort of DNA of the group, um, if there's any way we can augment it even more, like what what can we do to support members who might be struggling with mental health challenges even more than just existing as a group that makes people feel like they belong? 
I think it's about just being really intentional about establishing those connections. You know, we took it for granted in the past that we would just show up at things and be able to go places and be a part of it and miss and go the next time. And, um, and to realize that, you know, now I think we're more aware that people have real struggles and if we can be more intentional about making those connections. So really being welcoming of new folks coming in and just reaching out a little bit more, you know, maybe sometimes even like those sort of mentoring or, you know, kind of pairing of, you know, more senior and, and newer folks, those sort of models really help people to get engaged who might be a little bit more anxious about getting in the door and sticking around. Those are just a, a few ideas. It's just the basic message that is going around right now, which I know we need much more than that, but, you know, just starting with that basic message of be kind. I struggle a lot more than, I mean, some people know, but with anxiety and some depression and social anxiety, and I don't, I'm so sorry. <laughs> My cat's yelling. I don't connect with people well. Um, and I think maybe people in course think I'm mean and just don't talk to anybody, but I'm terrified of all of you, all of you listening. I'm scared of all of you um, <laughs> because I'm afraid to uh, open up to people. And so that's kind of like the question you ask, like what can maybe people like me who are literally too scared to make friends and luck into all their friends um, <laughs> do, or you know, vice versa, what the people in the course can do to make more welcoming. It is a little bit of education about how we can be, you know, kinder to each other and more welcoming, right? And that we tend to misread silence a lot. And so the quiet person gets misread in so many ways, instead of taking into account that you might be shy or anxious or, you know, just have trouble initiating those conversations. But um, just when that one person comes up and can say hello, um, and to know that that means a lot to people. No, and that's, uh, Holly, that's great, because that is something I experienced on both sides. So I have that hospitable energy. So once I got acclimated in my first set, you know, my first time with the chorus, then I wanted to be one of those people at the door greeting other people and making sure they knew where to go and the right people can answer questions for them. And I know for me and Scarlett personally, I did pull Scarlett as like, I was intimidated by her. She has a very powerful, beautiful voice, but, but at the same time, it was wow, she kind of runs away right after chorus or kind of just retreats. I mean, our former director was the same way. And it just takes a minute to stop and either say, hey, I want to get to know you more or hello, how are you? Or is there anything I can do for you? Or just those little small things of being kind, um, being intentional, being present goes such a long way. I do run away after rehearsal. I still do. 
I mean, Gerald was famous for it. And I always wondered, like, he's the artistic director. Why does he leave after his own party? Like, you know, but it is, it's a lot of social anxiety and you don't know what you don't know. So for me, being a curious person to get to know people and make friendships, I think it, it, it could really make someone's day. I wonder if Gerald didn't just run away because everybody came up to him and tried to talk to him about things and then he was at rehearsal for an hour longer than he really wanted to be because that's my reason for running away <laughs> if I ever do it, but I rarely have a chance to. You really do just... <laughs> you know swarm you afterwards you know, i am swarmed before i am swarmed after so so holly do you have any suggestions for not being swarmed? <laughs> i promise i won't come talk to you <laughs> it actually might be a good opportunity to talk about boundaries because like it is a position where i feel i very much have to set a certain amount of boundaries um, because people do want to be my friends, and I I am friends with most people, but you know, people people feel that they can text their friend at one in the morning, <laughs> and I would say please don't text me about anything chorus related at one in the morning. I I can relate on all parts of it. So <laughs> yeah, but boundaries are complicated. I would expect people to be drawn to you. They're the per you're the person they're connecting to as you're directing things, right? So if we can foster more of the engagement within the chorus, maybe we take some of that off of you. <laughs> That's a really good point, yes. Well, I think that goes just like working in an office, so to speak, or a setting where for a chorus, you have a section leader. So you wouldn't go to your boss's boss. You would go to the, you know, the first chain of command before you go to the next chain of command, you know? And I mean, that's a good way to look at it is, hey, if you have a question, ask your, your um, section leader. Your section leader might answer it for you or then lead you to Corey or even be the in-between for Corey because I'm sure you could throw a list of everybody asking the same exact question, but yet everybody wants to ask it individually. <laughs> yes. I mean, and I love talking to everybody. It's not like I, I'm mad about it. It's just a lot of energy, that's all. Okay, we have to ask you the, the notorious question from the, the One Voice podcast. So the notorious question is, what is your experience with choral singing? Do you have any, do you like choral music? Do you hate it? I enjoy it. You don't want to hear me sing as part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I do dance too, but. <laughs> oh, really? Latin dance. Oh, that's fun. Haven't done that oh. since pre-pandemic though. <laughs> mm. A lot of interest in the arts, just again, the singing talent. <laughs> is there a specific Latin dance like company that you've been with or is it like classes or something around here? Yeah. So there are a few different schools, but I've been a part of Charlotte Latin dance for many years. Okay, here's the other notorious question that I guess will be for either of you. Um, if the podcast somehow were to go viral and everyone, like millions of people started hearing it, what, let's yeah, let's not hope it happens because then we got to do a whole bunch of shit. <laughs> I don't, I'm 
here for it. Let's do anyway, it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> if it somehow did happen and everybody on earth heard your voice, what would you want to tell them? For me, I would say a smile goes a long way. I think my simple answers are be your authentic self and be kind to yourself first, as well as others. I love that. Scarlett? Um. (laughs) (laughs) You already had to answer it. I can answer it. But you can Um, again. (laughs) I think, and this is, I hope it doesn't sound like a main answer, but even if, like, if you're afraid to go, you're like me and you think you can fix yourself and you're wrong, um, get a therapist. (laughs) Seriously. Um, Because I finally broke down and started going a few months ago and it's amazing and terrible at the same time because you have to deal with things you don't want to deal with. But um, if you can, get a therapist. (laughs) That's my advice to the world. Go to therapy. Even if don't need it you don't have to be having major life issues or mental illness it's a good resource for support and having it's another safe space to be yourself
Asia is a podcast from One Voice Chorus, the LGBTQIA and Allies Chorus of Charlotte, North Carolina. View our performances on YouTube and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching One Voice Chorus Charlotte. Please subscribe and rate Asia. You can also support our chorus by making a donation at www.onevoicechorus.com. <laughs>